Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And in this week's Screen Verdict podcast, we're going to be talking about the HBO TV series Game of Thrones. And I'm pretty excited because I love a good game. And we'll determine later in the show whether you love a Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, I like a game of Monopoly. I like a game of soccer. Do I like a Game of Thrones? We'll find out. I was wondering how long you were going to go on there, just how many things you are going to list that you liked. <laughs> oh, I was trying to think of stuff I was on the, on the spot there. But anyway, um, should be very exciting. So we're going to split the podcast into two parts. Yes. The first part, we'll be talking about the show generally, perhaps give you a bit of an introduction mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't seen the show yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, this part will be spoiler-free. So if you haven't seen the show, you can listen to the first part. Yeah. In the second part, we're going to go into a bit more detail, talk about some of the, the plot events and whatnot, and uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched the show yet and don't want it spoiled, you'll have to tune out. Yeah. We'll tell you when the point to tune out is, okay? You don't need to guess or anything. We will very clearly tell you to stop listening to the podcast before we start to tell the spoilers. But if you have seen the show, look forward to that, because we're going to get yeah. into some we'll get in-depth yes. in Game depth. of Thrones analysis. Yes. We'll be rolling the dice there game analogy anyway um, yeah game of thrones um and just to be clear me and jonathan have not read any of the books we don't know anything that is happening after season one at all yeah so if you're worried about book stuff getting spoiled you don't need to worry at all mm-hmm so after two minutes of disclaimers, yes, <laughs> let's get into the podcast. Yes, let's do it. Um, Game of Thrones. I guess uh, for people who haven't watched it before, what is Game of Thrones? Well, it's a hour-long drama series. Yeah, it is uh, sort of a fantasy drama. Yeah, we're set in a, a fictional world mm-hmm. in which, I believe it's not on Earth. I don't know. Like, I think it, it could be on Earth. Like what? It's not like an alien planet, though. Well, yes, everything there are there are humans, and the environment seems Earth-like. Yes, yeah. Um, it's not sci-fi at all. No. Uh, however, the the places are hmm. are not places known to us. Yes, yeah, so like I, I'm looking at a map of this geography right now, and that is not doesn't look to me like a, like a continent we have on this earth, I guess. Uh, Does it look like the UK at all? Does it look like well, most UK? people in the show have a, have a UK sort of accent, but that's probably more to do with the actors than yeah. the intent of the creator of yeah. the... Yeah, it looks a little UK-ish, like there's no island there. And there's sort of like this land to the right of it. So yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's it's not any sort of land we have on this earth. But you know, maybe when that whole tectonic plate shifting was happening, maybe there's something like this about. So in this world, we have seven kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is a uh, a king who who rules all of the these yes. kingdoms from an iron throne. Yeah, that's the throne in the Game of Thrones, which people play for. Yeah. The, it's Game of Thrones, yet there's only one throne in, that we ever see. I, like, what's the deal with that? I think it was an ex- an expression. Uh, a woman was talking generally and she says, in quite a, a catchy line, in a Game of Thrones, you either win or die. 
or something okay. like that. Yeah. So she was talking sort of abstractly about mm. the nature of playing for the role of being king. Okay. She wasn't necessarily talking about multiple thrones in their kingdom. Okay. So if you're a big fan of multiple... If you <laughs> don't get excited that there's going to be a lot of different thrones, we only see one. But that places a higher value on, on that the, one on throne. On that one throne, for sure. It's because much you more get to, you get to, to play for. all seven kingdoms if you have that Iron Throne. So that's one of the the central uh, themes of the show. There is a king, but there are other people who would like to be king. Yes. And who will succeed this king or replace this king. And it seems like to become that king, you need to get the Iron Throne. Now, what makes this show fantasy is that there are some magical elements to yep. the series. Yes. However, in the first series, these are hinted at a lot more than are actually shown. Same. Yes. So we speak of these things called White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Not exactly sure what they are, but they seem pretty scary. People yeah. are afraid of the return of the White Walkers. They've yes. apparently been gone for many, many years, yeah. and they're deathly scared of their return. Which is uh, like a big fantasy sort of uh, thing, isn't it? Like that there, there used to be this bad thing, and it's you know worried that it'll make it come back. So like Harry Potter, Voldemort used to be this bad guy, and he's coming back. Um, Lord of the Rings. Sauron used to be this bad guy that everyone was scared of and was really bad, and now he's coming back. So it seems like that's a bit of a fantasy trend, sort of this evil, mystical sort of figure or figures making a comeback and people worried about that. Yeah, the pending doom sort yes. of provides a continuing tension yes. sort of throughout the series. Yeah. We also have mention of dragons. Mm-hmm. They've also not been seen for a while, but... No. Another fantasy element yeah. element that uh, sort of keeps you intrigued is this speak of a dragon bloodline. Yes, which is a bit confusing. Not quite explained. Yeah. Bit of, a bit of mischief going on between a few dragons and humans yeah. there. Not, not even sure how the... How that would know, physically the, work. Yeah, the dynamic size difference. Yeah, very big size and... Um, dragons yeah. wouldn't be gentle. No, not at all and... Yeah, like whether it be a male dragon and a female or a female dragon you'd have and a to male. Assume. Yeah, I guess you're not going to have the... Well, you could have, I guess, a, a female dragon giving birth to human. Maybe. I don't know. They don't explain I thought you were talking that. about whether they were heterosexual. Because there are... Oh, there's, right. There, there are homosexual people in the show. Yeah. Could be homosexual dragons. Yeah. But you're not going to continue a bloodline. <laughs> like... Yeah, but anyway, um, probably a bit sidetracked there. Um, yeah, but we so uh, we don't, hopefully in season two we'll find out a bit about how that line, line actually works. So we've got the seven kingdoms, seven lands, but then there's also a bit of land over the sea. Yeah, there's a group of people called the Dothrakis. Yeah, and they are humans too, but they're a warrior tribal kind of people. Yeah, they look they're quite threatening. But yeah. as long as they're on the other side of the sea, they don't pose too much of a threat. However, the potential for them to cross the sea is some more tension has uh, risen in the on, show on these people in the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, um, and that's quite like um, they're they're quite menacing people. Like they're much bigger. They seem like their size is bigger than normal people. Sort of like not giants, but just, just like, roided up actors. Yeah. I think the leader of the tribe is a dude from Baywatch, Hawaii. Yeah. Like, he's 
pretty buff. Yeah. No. But luckily for the Seven Kingdoms, they're afraid of water. All of the characters are... All the Dothraki people are Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've actually seen that movie, so... Um, <laughs> he's really strong and he's afraid of water. Really? Yeah. Okay. Very very, very good um, <laughs> reference then. Um, I, guess, I guess maybe a bit of history. Uh, the throne used to be held by this crazy king. They call him the Mad King. That was something I quite liked about the series. It didn't just overload you with historical information in the first episode. Yeah. It kind of left... It integrated the history... Uh, of this world throughout the series. So you learnt things about the past as the show went on as well as the present. So you're sort of telling me maybe we don't want to overload this podcast with too much history. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying no, that was oh, something okay. that the show did right. well. <laughs> yeah. So this brings us to some of the characters in the show. We'll talk about yeah. the main players. Uh, Robert Brathian, he's the king, and his, uh, an old friend of his is Ned Stark. Yeah. He's the Lord of Winterfell. Yes, he's the Lord of Winterfell, uh, which is one of the sort of seven sort of kingdoms, I guess, the seven sort of districts. And the Stark family is one of the main families. There's a few. Yeah. There's a few groups of people that yeah are involved in the main storyline. One of them is the Starks. Starks, which is the so they're the north of the kingdom. Their slogan is "Winter is coming," um, and they're sort of at the very north where it's uh, colder and a bit more wintry than the rest of the kingdom. And that's sort of your main family, isn't it? That's, that's probably of... like a slogan that was right more than half the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Well, winter can't constantly be Oh, right. Becoming. Oh, okay. I thought you said I got the slogan wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's a very good point. But anyway, uh, so there's uh, your main family. So you've got Ned Stark. He's married to... Um, Catherine, Mrs. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've, they've got a lot of kids, the Starks. Yeah, I think he has five uh, children with her and then a, a bastard child with some other lady we never meet. Um, yeah, so, they've got, so this is sort of your main family. You sort of got Ed Stark and his wife, Kath- Kate, Caitlin. Caitlin Stark is his wife's name. Close enough. Yeah. Um, out of this family, everyone in this family, which characters do you think worked? Which characters added to the series, which characters took away? Because there's just so many of these Starks running around. Obviously, <laughs> uh, Ed and uh, Caitlin had a very healthy relationship. Uh, well, Ned's played by Sean Bean. Bean from from Lord of the Rings. So um, he has a prominent role and played by... Mm-hmm. Quality actor. He drives a lot of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have his younger children, the uh, the daughters, the, the youngest daughter. She's quite funny. She's, she's, she wants to be more like a boy. She wants to play with uh, bow and, bows and arrows and learn to sword fight. Yeah. Uh, you have... Aria. Aria. Is her name? Yeah. Uh, you have Bran, who has... He unwittingly sort of gets pulled into the story. Yes. And we get some interesting things... We get some dreams of his, which are quite interesting. Uh, not really. No, they're not interesting. It's just like a bird with an extra eye. He keeps on looking at, and that's like the dream. Like it's, 
I, I, so he has some uninteresting dreams. Yeah, but I, I think he's an interesting character. I think get rid of the dreams, and I think he's quite good. Arya's fantastic. I think that's a really great character for the show. She's this young girl in a world where girls aren't really respected that much compared to guys, but she's putting a high value on things that people wouldn't think girls would would be good at. So she's learning to sword fight, and she's really good at archery in the first episode and things like that. So, And she's quite a likeable moral She's really likeable. We're a moral compass. Like, she's... Really, I think one of the show's strongest characters, to be honest. Um, and I think Bran works uh, really well too. Rickon, which is sort of the, the youngest of all the children, you could sort of take or leave him, couldn't you? I Is he only in one or two episodes? Yeah, I remember, he's about, yeah. I'm looking at the family tree now, and I'm, I'm not going to disagree with, you know, viewersguidehbo.com yeah. as to whether or not he's part of a family. I'm sure he is. Yeah. But I barely saw him in the show. Yeah. He was just another kid that crossed the screen once or twice. Yeah, so like, it'll be interesting whether he does anything ever in Game of Thrones. But um, if season one's any indication, like they really didn't need to have this character. And you have an older sister, uh, Sansa, mm-hmm. whose kind of storyline is like her potential to become queen and yeah. who she has to marry. I find her a bit irritating. She's she, just... she was very irritating. But I think she was meant to be irritating. Like, I don't think we're meant to like that character. I guess it's a question of whether you love to hate her or you just hate hating her. Yeah. I yeah, thought she... it worked it enough. It sort of worked, yeah. And it sort of helped the story in a couple of points. But it was... She was pretty annoying. So... And then you got Rob Stark. Got a lot of characters to get through. So we'll try and speed this up a yeah. bit. You got the two older male members and they play a bit bit more of an important role. Yeah. Uh, Rob's a soldier. Uh, John the Bastard, he feels he needs to prove himself by... Mm. I know they're, like, in completely different places for pretty much the whole series, but I still got them mixed up because <laughs> they've got a sort of similar hair do and stuff. I mean, like, not really. Well, yeah, I guess. One of them's like, got I'm longer, curly hair. One of them's got a bit shorter and he's got the beard. But it's still sort of a bit curly. The, the, you know, neither of them shave that often. Like, I don't know. I, I just... When I find it hard to tell the difference between two people, I just decide which one is hotter. And then I can... It's easier to remember I go the hot one or the not hot one. Okay. Yeah. So who do you think is... Is Rob or John the hot one? Well, looking at the pictures, like... Not that I, like, rate guys, but, um... (laughs) But I'd say Rob is probably the hotter one, correct? Well, I would have said John, so that that doesn't (laughs) doesn't help us to remember who's, who's who at all. John's hair looks a lot more greasy and stuff. Yeah, the metrosexual looks on its way out. People want a, a <laughs> rugged a rugged man's man these okay, days. If you like the rugged guy, then I guess John's you go. If you want a bit more clean cut guy. Bit of a girly boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's not girly. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, the so there's the Stark family. Then you got the Lannisters, which is your other sort of big family in the show. The Lannisters' uh, phrase is, hear me roar. They have a picture of a, a lion. Yep. Now, we don't see any lions with the Lannisters or ever hear any of them roar. So, again, <laughs> another slogan that isn't really... I thought it was, uh, a Lannister always pays his debts, is their slogan. Uh, it's a commonly said phrase, but it's yeah. not their slogan. Yeah. They, they should make that the phrase because, like... 
they say that like every episode. <laughs> and I've never heard them once say "hear me roar." But anyway, um, this this is an interesting uh, family. To say the least, they're a very wealthy family, and that seems to be their number one asset. They've got a huge wealth, and with wealth comes considerable power. Uh, Cersei Lannister is the queen. She's married to, to Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Her brother is uh, Jamie Lannister. Yep. And he's sort of a... He's known for being good-looking and wealthy and a great yes. sword fighter. Mm-hmm. And he's quite charismatic, but you do hate him. Yeah. No, you don't like you don't like Sir Jamie Lannister. He's sort of like the guy at high school that was sort of on the football team and, you know probably on the debating team and just on all these like sort of very thinks very highly of himself and very prissy and you know so he could beat you in an argument and if yeah. that wasn't enough he just hit you anyway yeah and he uh then also like you know very sort of attractive and stuff too there's a bit of a back and forth between him and ned stark yes yeah for sure and he has a brother who is the midget from death at a funeral mm. yeah Yes, they've they've called in um, the midget uh, actor Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, uh, who plays Tyrion Lannister, and uh, he's he's the one actor from this show uh, who has gotten an Emmy nomination. He's great. He's he's very clever. He's very witty. All the lines that he mm-hmm. delivers are very sharp. Yeah, Lannister always pieces debts. <laughs> That's just the only thing I can remember any of them saying. <laughs> a line that we've already said, you do it like an average imitation, <laughs> is proof that he's very of witty. how witty he yeah. is. Um, just yeah. trust us, yeah, he's witty. We might not be able to demonstrate yeah, he's it, witty. but he is. Yeah, no, that's good. That's Tyrion. He's funny. And, and he's also actually, though, of all the Lannisters, probably the one who's got the most integrity out of all of them. Even though he drinks and, and he whores and he, he lives a sort of hedonistic lifestyle, he seems to be the Lannister with the most redeeming qualities. Mm. Yes, for sure. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. And he's sort of got this, this... He's trying to juggle to sort of please his father and be wealthy and sleep with lots of women and stuff on one hand. And then on the other hand, he's got this... He wants to do the right thing and he's sort of trying to juggle those two. And so another Lannister worth talking about would be uh, Joffrey... The, 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 the technically called Joffrey Baratheon, he's very annoying. Oh man, he is the most annoying character in the show. Like if I saw that guy in real life, I would slap him. Yeah, like I know it's the actor, but yeah, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's gonna get a slap. Yeah, anyway, for sure. He does have at least he does have. Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything. No. <laughs> He's just he's just really annoying. He's always complaining or whinging or being mean to people. There's just no redeeming quality about this this guy. So there are some of the main characters that are uh, on the main island, the yeah. the Seven Kingdoms. The main families that battle are the Starks and the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. Now, off the island, mm-hmm. uh, with the Dothrakis, there is another family. Uh, which used to be the have a member of their family on the throne. Yeah, that that was the Mad King that they got rid of. This is uh, the Mad King's uh, two two left children. Uh, they when the, when they got rid of that king, they sort of murdered uh, everyone in that king's family to stop that line. 
but these two somehow escaped um, and they're sort of technically heirs to the throne. They they have a legitimate claim on the th- on the, the Iron Throne themselves. So they're called the Targaryens, mm-hmm. and uh, their symbol is of it looks like a three headed dragon. Yes, this is the action. These are the people that are the blood of the dragon line or whatever. Yeah, um, and their slogan is fire and blood. So it's quite intriguing. Yes, perhaps descended from gay dragons. Yeah. For all we know. So we talked about this in another podcast. Looking at Viserys, you kind of just think he's a bad guy from his haircut. Yeah. Like, sure. This is very reminiscent of uh, Draco in Draco Harry Potter. Draco Malfoy. It, he looks actually quite like Draco Malfoy's dad in Harry Potter. But anyway. Um, and and he, um, he seems to live up to that role. Yes. There's a, I think there's a line in the first episode where um, he says to his own sister that he would let 40,000 men and their horses rape her in order to get back to the throne. throne. Yeah. So he's really playing this Game of Thrones for keeps. Yeah. You might like a lot of games. He likes this one particular game a lot. Yeah. And he really wants... He's going to be a sore loser if he doesn't get that throne. So he tries to set his sister up with... Carl Drogo from Baywatch Hawaii, yeah. the Dothraki horse lord, yeah. in order to uh, gain control of their army to yes. make an attack on the throne. Because although he's got a legitimate claim to the throne, that's not enough. You actually need an army. You need to actually be able to get rid of the people who currently have the throne. All he's got is his sister and maybe like one other guy helping him. Not enough. No. If they can marry into the Dokrathis, then he'll have a big army, and then they can make a, a play for the throne. It's a bit weird, um, the very first scene with him and his sister, because he gets her to take her clothes off just to inspect that she's okay. He sort of, like, feels her up a little bit just to make sure that it's good merchandise that he's... Yeah, this is not a kid's show. No. <laughs> We do not recommend watching this show with your mother or your eight-year-old no. kid or a sister especially. Yeah. Because there is there is some pretty hardcore violence, some bad language, fairly full-on sex. Yeah. That's and incestuous weird. sex at yeah. times. Yeah. Now, I've heard this show called Incestuous by people. There is one incestuous relationship. So if you're hearing this incestuous bandied about about the show... It's one couple on the show is incestuous. Yeah, and stop using the word bandy. What does yeah. it mean? <laughs> well, you're just throwing it bandy. In what other context it. would you ever say bandy? <laughs> oh, bandy. Bandying something about. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, she's an interesting character, though. The sister. Daenerys. Daenerys. So I'm very bad with the names on this show. Daenerys. Daenerys. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, Daenerys uh, is quite an interesting character too. Yeah, we see some interesting development in her. She mm. seems quite weak and submissive to start off, mm. and uh, her character grows. Really, uh, there's some um, hints of her dragon bloodline coming into play. Mm. She's she's one of the more intriguing characters in the show. Yeah, for sure. She's she's 
perhaps my favourite character in the show. So there's some of the major players, the mm. the main families that are involved in the uh, mm. Game of Thrones. Yes. So we've gone through all the characters, and I think through that covered quite a lot of the relationships in this Game of Thrones sort of setup and dynamics. We can't really go into too much of the storylines because we don't want to spoil it for people yet. Uh, so let's just say, is this a series that you thought was good, Jonathan? Would you recommend people watch this show? What's your verdict? This took me one or two episodes to get into. I was a little bit wary at first of the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. However, there are definitely some clear conflicts in the show, some high levels of political tension. Mm-hmm. There's some great acting. I love uh, Peter Dinklage, who plays the yeah. imp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Aidan Gillen, uh, Mayor Karkiri from... It's not at all how he talks, but Mayor Karkiri from The Wire. Okay. Who plays... Um, oh, yeah, you love The Wire. Uh, Peter Baylor, I think he's called. Yeah. He's very crafty. Um I think the, the the writing is sharp. The plot twists are very exciting. There are some unexpected things yes, in this show. for sure. My jaw dropped a couple of times yeah. from plot twists and just some action that happens. Mm. The Dothraki horse lord in a fight rips a dude's throat out. Yeah. Like, he gets into a duel. He just drops all his weapons and tears the guy's throat out with his hand. Yeah. So there, the action was stimulating, yeah. too. Overall, was it satisfying as a season? It teased you a little bit. At the end, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, however, I have been pulled into the world of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I'll definitely be watching season two. And although some bits were a bit full on and it might not be your genre, I would still recommend it to the Screen Verdict podcast listeners. I'm, after about the first three episodes, I was not enjoying Game of Thrones. It was actually, I was just... Watching it because it got nominated for the Emmys and thought, oh, well, I might as well see how it ends and stuff. And I, I really thought this would be a show I would really not like. I thought there were a couple of things I was enjoying. But from about fourth episode onwards, I started to like it more. And then as I kept on watching, as the plots kept on developing, as the stakes rose, I got really excited. And I now really like this show, now having watched the whole season. So, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. I think... There's a lot of good characters, a lot of interesting political stuff. And, yeah, no, I agree with you. Great season from a beginning that I, I thought was quite dry and, and hard to follow all the characters and places. It was a tough task for them I, to actually introduce all these themes and stuff. So I understand maybe they could have made it a bit better. But regardless, they they really brought it somewhere really, really good. Where would you rank it against other things that you like a game of? Where does Thrones rank against Monopoly or soccer? Uh, that's a good question. Um, at the moment, I put Game of Thrones uh, up there. I put Game of Thrones maybe at the top of that list. Um, but I guess the the one uh, thing I would say is I'm not playing the Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um, which is probably good. A lot of people die playing the Game of Thrones. It says you win or you die, but... Uh, so That would make Monopoly more interesting. Yeah. If playing a game of yeah. Monopoly, you either win or you die. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably yeah. better to be watching yes. either of those things. Yes. So, you know, I, but I'm really loving the Game of Thrones. I'm definitely uh, ready to roll the dice for season two. There's no dice <laughs> in the show. Stop using this dice reference. <laughs> It's a game reference. Anyway, 
So there's our screen verdict. That's the end of yes. part one of the yeah. podcast. So if you have, haven't watched the show or you just don't want to hear any spoilers, uh, tune out now. If you yeah. have seen the show or aren't worried about and, spoilers. And, and if you are wanting to tune out now because you haven't heard season one, remember, download this onto iTunes. And then once you've seen Game of Thrones season one, you can come back to it and then listen to what we have to say about it. Yes, if you've listened to all our podcasts except the second half of this one, we won't consider you a complete fan. Yeah. Of the yep. podcast series. So you have permission to turn off now until you've watched Game of Thrones season one, but then you've, you've got to come back to it. You have to. Yeah. So we're now going to start part two part of the podcast. Two. Spoiler get... City. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And we're going to get some... Spoiler alert. Do we have a spoiler alert button? No. Yeah, we don't have any sound <laughs> effects. We both just started clapping our hands, like, <laughs> chopping. <laughs> spoiler alert. So there's going to be spoilers in yeah. this part. So uh, so let's get part two started off. Let, let's get stuck into the big twists of the season, the character deaths. There were some big deaths this season. Do we want to start with the big one? Or yeah, let's, let's not oh. bury the lead. <laughs> oh, do, do you want to bury the lead? <laughs> what a fantastic choice of words. Yeah. So it's a bit of an ensemble <laughs> show. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, however, arguably the lead character is Ned Stark. Yeah. He's been himself the lead for the Emmys this year, that actor, so... You know. So at least he considers yeah. himself <laughs> to be the lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He... He's sort of the lead of this, the Stark family. He becomes the King's Hand. Mm. So he, he plays a large role in the in the battle against the Lannisters, in all of Robert's shenanigans. Yes. There is a sort of competition between him and... Jamie Lannister, which I thought was kind of... I expected to sort of build up mm-hmm. towards maybe like a confrontation yeah. at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And they do have like a bit of a, a battle, which is cut short by someone mm-hmm. spearing him from beh- in, the, in the leg from behind. Mm-hmm. So following this battle, he's, he's captured and uh, tried for, for treason. Mm-hmm. And um, he's promised that um, uh, if, he, if he confesses, he'll be allowed to go work on the wall... Part of yep. the Black yes. Brotherhood. Yeah. I'm getting the title. Because that's where the Night Riders or the... No, that's Lord of the Rings. The Death Walkers. White Walkers. The White Walkers. They come from behind the wall in the north. So they've got some soldiers guarding that wall and that sort of... Okay, if you say you've done the wrong thing, publicly apologise to, um, to the king, we'll let you... We'll let you work there and help defend the war. So he admits to this treason, which would be very hard for him because... In he, front of his two daughters as well. He's an extremely honourable man, has has not committed these crimes, but has to yeah. confess to it so so that his daughters do not have to see him, him killed yeah. and he can be there for them. But then Joffrey, the young new king, turns this on his head and says he's to be executed. Yeah. Even though... Yeah, he he said he would show mercy if if the king apologised. So when he says this, you're thinking, how's he going to get out of this? Yeah. Like, who's going to shoot the arrow that stops the yeah. executioner from nowhere? And then the little, his youngest daughter, Arya, starts running at the stage with the sword. You're thinking, maybe she'll 
get up there and to create a distraction, stab Joffrey perhaps, and sort of shift the focus of the drama, give Ned a chance to escape. Because we know Ned's not actually going to get executed. Yeah. So it's like, it's really, um, yeah, you think Arya could be the key here to, and that would be a very exciting plot development, her killing or assassination attempt on the king. That would really shake up the Game of Thrones. <laughs> so the executioner puts mm. uh, Ned's head down, swings the axe. Yeah. It lops his head off. Yeah. For a moment, I couldn't process this. I was yeah. like, is it a body double? Like, yeah. what kind of silly shenanigans <laughs> are they going to come up with together? They killed Ned Stark. Yeah. They killed the lead character. Like, yeah, nine and that wasn't even the... the season final. No. It was a couple of episodes before the season final. That was shocking. Yeah. Ballsy for a show to kill the lead character before the season final of your first season. Yeah, I think this was quite sadistic from the creator. Yeah. Now, granted, I think it's based on the book. Like, I'm assuming that happens in the book. But I haven't read the books, but I've spoken to people that have, and they've said this is surprisingly faithful to to the the books. Okay, so... Um, so they sort of, I guess their hands were tied a little bit, the creators. Ballsy move. Do you think this was a good development, Ned Stark, uh, getting his head chopped off, or a bad one? I liked it. I am generally not a fan of character deaths that I feel are cheap and, and done for yeah. shock value, but I felt there was a sufficient story leading up to this yeah. that it made sense and yet was still surprising and Definitely left some some play for season two. Yes. So I'm... It raised the stakes. It was a gutsy move. I, I really respect this move, and I think I think it's going to lead to good things. Because before, the sort of, there's been a lot of tension hmm. in the pursuit of the throne. Now it's going to be all out war now. This yeah. is the spark that has set off some serious yeah. turmoil. It's, it's been a real game changer. One would say. It's like landing on go to jail. Yeah. Except that sort of slows down the game because <laughs> then you go to, you're just stuck in jail for three moves. But yeah, You've uh, landed on a hotel on Mayfair. Yes. So that, that, was, that was pretty uh, pretty cool. I guess the one thing we didn't talk about uh, that, that sort of covered was Joffrey becoming king. That was a bit interesting uh, in itself. And I know it involved one of your favourite characters, that whole scenario, Littlefinger. So the the setup is uh, Robert the King is injured by a boar while hunting, yeah. and he's going to die, and there needs to be a successor. Yes. Now his heir is supposed to be Joffrey. Mm-hmm. However, some of the characters know that he is not actually his son. Yeah. He is the son of the queen and her brother. Yes. Gross. Yes. Could explain, that is the incestuous relationship. Could explain why Joffrey is uh, so gross himself. <laughs> he doesn't look great, Joffrey, does he? <laughs> yes. So, he, uh, so that's a product of an incestuous relationship. Um, and obviously between the Queen and that guy we were talking about that has the big battle with Ned Stark and the tension there and the guy who I said was like, you know, at school, like a, the guy on the football team. So, before Robert died, he wrote uh, a letter saying that Ned, seeing as he was the hand of the king, should become king. Hmm. 
until Joffrey reached age. Uh, uh, we assume age. that's 18. Yes. Because he's probably about 14 now. Or, yeah. 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 Yeah, around there. Now, obviously, the Queen wants Joffrey to become yeah. the king. Ned doesn't believe he should become the king. He wants to follow Ned's wishes. But it's not a... Who actually gets the throne is not a matter of right or wrong. It basically is about who has the money and the army behind them. Yeah. So we have this character, Peter Baylor, yeah. Aiden Gillen, Mayor Karketi, who is in love with Ned's wife and has become involved with him helping Ned yeah. play the political game. Yeah. And he says that he is going to get the city guard on his side. Yeah. On Ned's side. So when there is this confrontation, he's going to have the support behind him. Yeah. And this is in episode seven. And then at the end, as this confrontation occurs, Ned reveals the, the letter of Robert's wishes. The city guard turn on him. Peter Baylor holds a, uh, a knife to Ned's neck and says, I told you never to trust me. Yeah. My big jaw twist. dropped. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No. That was a great setup from yeah, him. Yeah, that was really good. And it like was really the first time we'd seen a real move made on this throne that we'd been hearing about all season long. <laughs> yeah. uh, that actually, you know, was a bit of a conflict over who got the throne. And it was Joffrey. Joffrey got it and he made sure there was no chance Ned was ever going to get it <laughs> a couple of episodes <laughs> later. Another character death that I think was quite interesting was, uh, and quite fun, actually, <laughs> uh, less fun than Ned's, was uh, the creepy brother, Virus Targaryen. So you, we don't really like this guy, but we expect him to play quite a large role in the uh, yeah. in challenging for the throne. You think yes. he's going to get take the Dothraki army yeah. over the seas. Yeah. And then he, he feels disrespected mm. by uh, the Dothrakis, and he... Well, he he feels like he's being shut out a bit and that his sister is being treated better uh, than he is by the Dot Raffies, which actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, He doesn't seem to get it, but it makes a lot of sense. Like, she's sleeping with the Dot Raffi horse lord. Yeah, she becomes their queen. She's called Khaleesi. Yeah, and, and she's... Of course he's going to like her more than him. She's sleeping with him. What's he doing for the Dot Raffi warlord? So, but he gets really jealous of his sister. And he sort of, I don't know if he gets a bit drunk or something, but he comes in and starts demanding that he gets the crown he was promised by the Dot Raffi warlord. Apparently with this trade for his sister, he was guaranteed a golden crown. He said, look, I just want my golden crown and I want to get the hell out of here, guys. And the guy goes, I'll give you your golden crown. Uh, they they melt um, some gold jewellery that they've got. They put it in a yeah. pot, melt it, and then they just pour the bo- boiling gold, melted gold on the guy's head, and he dies. Yeah, that was a pretty extreme death. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He was, he was a significant character. For him to yeah. die five episodes in, in such a brutal fashion. Yeah. That was shocking. Yeah. Um, but, but... I think a good move again with with the series. I think he's becoming very whiny and annoying, um, you know, and it, and it means that now Daenerys is the heir to the throne on that side, and that's someone I think we're a bit more interested in than than creepy brother. Yeah, in a related death, Carl uh, Drogo. Yes, he um, gets in a fight and sustains just kind of a, a relatively small cut. 
but because it is uh, not attended to, well, it is attended to by this slave witch who we think is helping, but turns out she isn't, he actually dies from the infection of this wound. Yes. And again, I thought he was going to play a large part in the series. He was going to be... Yes. He was going to cross the sea. He was going to head the battle yeah. uh, for Daenerys, for her to become the... Uh, mm. the, uh, the queen. Take over the throne. Yeah. And he's Instant. gone too. And without him, uh, it means that all his people just leave her. So you might have been a fan of this because you're a fan of, of her as a character and this puts her in a... An interesting position. Yep. She's now on her own to sort of lead this charge. And then something very interesting happens to her in the final episode. Yes. The, and this is the very final scene of season one, this reveal, this twist. So it's the twist they wanted to end the season on. And really, you know, I guess that means they obviously think it's quite an important moment. Um, she is pretty upset with her husband dying, uh, which is, again, quite an interesting development. The first episode, she didn't even want to marry him. And it looked like he was raping her almost. Uh, and then she actually fell in love with him and um, really cared for him. And a bit she, of Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. I presume blondes are susceptible to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it's called that. It only happens to Swedes. <laughs> oh, right. Um, so she's very distraught when he dies. And I, I think she goes, well, he's dead. That's sort of my run over. So she um, buries him. Puts the dragon eggs she'd gotten as a wedding gift uh, the day they married in the fire. The guy's helping you go, oh, please, let's just sell these. They're quite expensive. These are very rare. Don't burn them. But she goes, no, no, they weren't given to be sold. She puts them in the fire. Uh, she obviously ties the witch to the fire as well because, you know, she killed her husband. So she, That's what you do to witches. Yeah, so she lights this big bonfire of all the things in it. And then she walks into the fire herself to sort of self-sacrifice herself as well, um, which is, you know, quite sad and going, oh, my favourite character is walking into a fire to kill herself. Might not be good season two, my favourite character perhaps dying. Um, And, you know, we're pretty used to characters dying by this stage. But then the next morning, they all wake up and the fire's obviously burnt out. They walk up to it and she is bent over, curled up in a little ball. She hasn't been burnt at all, but she is singed. All her clothes have burnt off, and the dragon eggs have hatched, and she's got three dragons crawling over her body. Interesting. Now, I'm going to disagree with what you said happened here. What? Because, now I don't know for sure, this is a little bit open-ended as to how this came about. Yeah. But I think... She knew what was going to happen. Oh, okay, yeah. The reason why I say it is... I was saying is, from an audience perspective, that's what it looks like she was doing at that point. Well, I think that's what it looked like to sort of her servant. He yes. didn't understand. But the audience, I think, was supposed to understand because we have two instances I'll bring up. One is when her brother is killed with the molten crown. Uh, she says something like she, he, didn't, he wasn't part of the true dragon bloodline, dragons don't burn. And we have the second example of when she puts the dragon eggs in these hot coals and she picks them up and her hand is fine and her slave girl goes, what are you doing? And takes them out of her hand and she burns her hands. But Daenerys' hands are fine. So we have the inkling that she is a true dragon bloodline person. Okay. And that she wouldn't burn. Yes, I remember those two incidences now. 
But at the time, I wasn't thinking of those instances because so much else had happened in the Game of Thrones since. Well, yeah. So even though it was sort of an interesting development, it wasn't really a twist for me because I expected her to walk in there, be fine, and that something would happen with the the dragon eggs, something magical perhaps that they would hatch. Yeah. So it ends with her having hatched these dragons. Now, we've, we've mentioned there's been a lot of mentions of the... Dragons. The magical elements. But they haven't really yeah. been You'd shown. be forgiven for thinking these aren't dragon eggs. These yeah. are just some, like, <laughs> rocks that people have painted or something, <laughs> like, to pretend they're dragon eggs. Yeah. And they hatch. And, first of all, this is definitely going to increase the CGI budget for yes, season two. for sure. Because <laughs> you have these three little dragons, baby dragons. Yeah. They're going to grow up, I yeah. presume. I don't think those are full-size dragons. No. They're going to cause some shenanigans. You would hope so. I, I'm really hoping these dragons grow up quickly. Because I feel like for while they're little dragons, they're just sort of like pets, right? <laughs> when they're full-size dragons, they're actually got potential to really shake up the Game of Thrones. Yeah. She might not have a large army as of yet. Yeah. But once she has these three yeah. full-size dragons, there's going to be... There's going to be another serious player yeah. in the Game of Thrones. Which is why I'm hoping that it doesn't take, like, three seasons for these dragons to grow up. You know, <laughs> we don't have, like, whole season two's her just looking after the baby dragons and making sure they don't get killed. Well, perhaps that brings us to some, perhaps, expectations yes. or hopes for season two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. I'd say, on that topic, the pace at which the show mo- moves, I would expect there to be consequences of, of those dragons rather quickly. I would hope so. I would really hope so. So I'm looking forward to the beginning of, of Season 2. Yeah. What are some of the storylines that we have that are that are left unresolved at the end of Season 1? Yeah, well, I, I think what you've got quite interesting. For the whole of Season 1, you've got this problem bubbling at this giant wall they've got in the north with these, uh, the Night's Watch. And it's very disconnected from the rest of the show in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, the only links are... If what was beyond the wall were to to breach the wall, it would yes. then affect the other characters. Yeah. And also, I suppose you have the link of Jon Snow, yes. Ned's bastard child, joining the uh, yes. Watch. Uh, now, in some ways, that story was a bit boring for season one, uh, but it did seem like it was getting a bit more... There was a bit more trouble happening at that wall towards the end of it. There was a... They found a dead body out there, which ended up coming back to life and trying to kill them, and... All sorts of stuff like that. So it seems like that's really where the dark, magical sort of stuff is happening. And it seems like all the other kingdoms are fighting amongst it, like the Starks versus the Lannisters, uh, with perhaps the Targaryens coming over, and you're going to have this big fighting. But it looks like once that wall breaks, then they're all in trouble. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you win a game of Monopoly and then a 12-foot magical giant burst through the door, swinging an axe at you. Yeah, and I think that could be interesting next season to see how that wall stuff ends up affecting the rest of the show. I think that will become more important because we believe that there are things beyond the wall because we see, at the start of the first episode, just a massacre. Yes. A, A number of people just slaughtered and then their bodies disappear. Yeah. So we we suspect something, mm. yeah, uh, something scary is going on beyond the wall. But a lot of the characters in the show don't mm. believe it. 
Then, towards the end, we have these um, characters that are found dead, and then they come back to life. Yeah. And we go, now they start to believe it. And at the end of the, the season, they head out beyond the wall. Yeah. And this could lead to some, you know, some big stuff happening there. And then you, you might have the Lannisters and the Starks having to work together to fight against the stuff coming from the wall. Which is going to hopefully involve some... There's going to be some crafty yeah. political battles going on there, which yeah. will give a chance for perhaps some of the more interesting characters like uh, the Imp yes. and so forth to have play a, play a greater role in the show. Yes, for sure. So that that's, I think, quite interesting. Anything else for season two you're intrigued by? I suppose one thing we haven't touched on is, is Rob Stark. He's now taken command yes. of the... Uh, the army from Winterfell, yeah, and he is marching. He is on a war path, yeah, towards King's Landing because his father Ned has been has been killed, yeah, and so uh, the mother and and Rob have gone together their army and they're they're, they're going to fight for the yeah. for the throne. And uh, in the last episode, they're able to pick up some more soldiers, I think, from uh, the bridge. Well, they're able to cross the bridge, but most importantly, they won uh, a small battle. And were able to capture Jamie Lannister. Yes, a key, a key figure, and also a great soldier, notorious uh, incestor <laughs> in the show. <laughs> I think the main thing we can expect from season two is that a lot of the political intrigue and potential for conflict in season one is going to erupt into actual war. Yeah. That's what I'm most excited yes. to see. We're going to have a lot of that. Like, the budget for season two, we would imagine, would be not just on a CGI level, we're just yeah. all across a lot bigger. Hopefully they can outdo uh, Harry and Voldemort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. I do not want to have to be using the phrase Lord of the Rings light in our <laughs> Game of Thrones season yes. two review. <laughs> we're going to have uh, Joffrey... Getting uh, Rob Stark all tangled up in his cloak. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about uh, the, the um, Ned Stark's older daughter, the one that was annoying, had the opportunity to kill Joffrey at the end of the season by pushing him off the ledge? Should she have gone with it? I think she was going to, but... Um... But if she'd been quicker, she could have done it. Like, if she'd just run at him... It didn't look that high. I don't know if he would have died. It yeah. would have been good. Yeah. We have seen people fall great heights from the show and, um, <laughs> yeah. and seem to get through it okay. They just start having boring dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the last thing we wanted to talk about is who would we like to see on the throne? And I'm hoping there are at least one, if not more, throne changes next season on the show because I think that's quite interesting when you have the change of king, the political stuff there. This it's is the highest, yeah. the highest prize yes, in the show. Other than maybe life. <laughs> Though, if you don't win the throne, you die. So you sort of win both. <laughs> so, uh, should we go through the contenders of who, who could perhaps be eligible for the throne? So the moment Joffrey is king. Joffrey is king. So he's obviously got a claim. He's on it. You're a fan of Joffrey? You want to see him retain the throne? No, I want to see him lose <laughs> that throne as quickly as possible. And I think maybe that's a good thing of having him on it. I think everyone does not want him to be king, right? No fans of the show are loving Joffrey. 
So everyone wants to see someone else get to be king. And people might have different favourites, but it's sort of everyone's got a, a, a horse in the fight sort of thing. I hope he is not uh, booted off the the throne. Oh. I hope he is killed. Oh, yes. Yes. I do not want any kind of political reveal no, him stepping no, down. No. I want him to be murdered. Yeah. And then maybe the stuff about him being like the result of incest then coming out so he doesn't just, even have any sort just of just to sully his legacy. legacy. Yeah, yeah, just completely. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, okay, yeah. No, I agree with that. So obviously if actually it was revealed that Joffrey was was did have no claim to the throne, then it would fall to Robert Baratheon's brother would be the next in line. And that is Stannis Baratheon, a character we haven't seen. Um, so we're probably not really dying to see him on the throne. Yeah, I'm indifferent. Yeah, <laughs> very indifferent. <laughs> it seems like he's not the best Baratheon, though, because there's a lot of references to his other brother that we do see quite a bit of, uh, Renly Baratheon. Um, and he actually, um, a lot of people were saying to Ned Stark, oh, you should try to get Renly to be king. And he's like, well, no, he's not actually the next in the line. We can't. And they're going, yeah, but that Stannis is a loose cannon. You don't want him. So it seems like Renly Baratheon is perhaps an option. He seems quite moral, quite uh, caring for the people. He seems quite popular. Yeah. Um, perhaps lacks some of the the strength or the military history, which people yeah. would like in a king. Mm. And, and lacks the charisma that the audience would like in a king. Like, he's not really someone that the fans have really, like, sort of go, oh, we love Renly Baratheon. <laughs> he's such an interesting character. Now, he uh, is a homosexual. Not that there's anything wrong yeah, with no, that. No, not at all. The reason why I raise that is that that might, if that were to be revealed, Would that might hurt, hinder yeah, his it, chances. I'm assuming that's looked down upon at this time, whenever it is. It seems to be kept yeah. a secret. Um, he could be bi, though, for all we know. We're not... It's just the dragon situation all over yeah. again. Okay, so uh, they're Baratheon sort of line. Um, I'm not sure what claim he has to the throne. But my favourite, Peter Baylor, it seems like he is planning to eventually make a run at the throne. We have the eunuch talking to him. Yeah, so this is Littlefinger, the guy who stabbed um, stabbed in the back Ned Stark. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he has some quite interesting sort of uh, mind battles um, with the eunuch. They're both on the uh, members of the King's Small Council. And, um, and it, it is quite interesting because you don't quite know what his end game is here. I've been calling him Peter Baylor for the whole podcast, I believe, but it's actually Peter Baelish. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone who prides himself on getting, just not getting facts wrong, that's, I've probably got that wrong about 12 times throughout we, this podcast. There probably are a lot of Game of Thrones fans that have, like, turned off <laughs> <laughs> because of this, because <laughs> they are quite uh, nerdy Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that didn't know what the names are they're, they're not real game of thrones fans. we're gonna have to put a disclaimer <laughs> like in the text when we describe the podcast and then like maybe a premature apology for calling game of thrones fans nerds we'll say it was a misprint yeah. on the hbo website yeah and look well <laughs> those are not well they will obviously have corrected it since because we will send them a 
punctual <laughs> email making them aware of their mistake. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. And, um, we're... It's, I think, a bit unfair me calling Game of Thrones fans nerds because we are the ones doing a Game of Thrones <laughs> podcast. Like, we're, we're podcasting Game of Thrones. I remember anyway. someone in a his response to the podcast after our Harry Potter cast uh, commented, I consider myself a proud nerd, but dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> so there's no one nerdier. So what I call Game of Thrones fans nerds, we are the ones doing Harry Potter and Game of Thrones podcasts. <laughs> We're nerds too. But anyway, um, yeah, I think I think that's an interesting one, Lord uh, Baelish. Um, because, yeah, it seems like he does have his eye on the throne, and it's very hard to see how he's going to get it. But he is a very savvy political guy. I, maybe he could pull it off. I think he'd come just short. Would you like to see him on the throne? I'd like to see him try, because yeah. he's been... He's yeah. been very entertaining in his um, manipulation yeah. of, of yes. other characters so far. Yes. I think, you know, he's, he's um, not to use a survivor term, the Russell Hans of, uh, of Game of Thrones. Hopefully he's got a master plan in place. Hopefully it's not like the writers of Lost. <laughs> they, claim, like, they claim they had a big plan and they knew where they were heading. But it looked like they didn't at the end of the show. Hopefully, he's actually thought it through. We do like to take a shot at the uh, the ending of Lost every two or three podcasts. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. So another player for the position on the throne is Rob Stark. Rob Stark, uh, because uh, he's set up an army and he's making a go, a run at the at the uh, at taking out the Lannisters. Obviously, if he takes out the Lannisters. This will probably end with killing Joffrey. And that would change the who's entitled to the throne, I would imagine. If he's the guy who's headed up this whole battle and uh, Brother Baratheon's just been sitting at home watching TV the whole time, I could see people saying, no, 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 Rob's the king. I imagine uh, little Rickon Stark might, uh, <laughs> might, make, <laughs> might, a run make, a, might make a run for it. Because if, if he doesn't as he ages, you really have to question him yeah. being included in the show in the yeah. first place. I think uh, he's keeping his cards close to his chest, Rickon. And, uh, yeah, I can see him making a run for it, for sure. Obviously, the other big contender is Darius Targaryen. You're close, Daenerys. <laughs> Daenerys. Oh, just, just like Rob Stark. That's a good name. <laughs> Rob Stark, Ned Stark, these are good names, Game of Thrones writers. Darius Targaryen. Daenerys? Daenerys. It's very hard to say a lot of these names. Anyway. Hey, look at this Targaryen, Ally Magister Illyrio. Like, what is yeah. that? Yeah. They've got some names that are very hard to pronounce, so Bob my apologies. Smith. Yeah. So, uh, her claim on the throne. She's obviously, in some ways, got the best claim out of anyone. Well, the king before Robert Baratheon, yeah. the Mad King, had uh, Viserys and her. Yeah. And so they have the the bloodline of a, a former king who's actually deposed. So she, yeah. they, they, she could argue that uh, the Baratheons wrongfully... Are on the throne. ...took yeah. the throne, mm. and, um, and therefore mm. um, Joffrey has no claim to the throne either. Yeah. Yes. So her and her dragons uh, are going to be an interesting... An interesting force. For if they thing. can get over that sea and she has some form of army with her, it's going to be very interesting. 
So, so there's a lot set up yeah, for season two. Yeah. So you know that I want Daenerys to be to get the throne. You know, people have known that, I think, the whole podcast. <laughs> Who would you like to get the throne, John? If you had to choose someone to be king or queen. I think the best king for the people would be Rob Stark. Mm-hmm. However, I think the best king in terms of how interesting the show yeah. for me to watch would be Littlefinger, Peter Baelish. Okay, yep, okay. So, yep. So you're in Baelish camp. Yep. I'm in uh, Daenerys camp. We'll see who wins. Yes. This Game of Thrones. And then uh, the winner will just kill the other one. Yeah, yes. So when this is determined... Um, <laughs> only one of us will be doing one, the podcast. Only one of us will be It would be quite funny if, like, uh, Peter Baelish, right, got got the throne, so you killed me. As in, like, the next week <laughs> on the show, Daenerys took over the throne from Peter Baelish. I'd be so annoyed. <laughs> okay, Game of Thrones. Look, I think we've spent longer talking about it than an episode of Game of Thrones, so we've done a very good job of, of that. Um, you know, I think, I think we've wrapped up with Game of Thrones now. Hopefully you enjoyed some of our insight into the series. Let yeah. us know your Let us know thoughts. if you've got any problems with what we've said about any of this. Your feelings on some of the twists and yeah. turns. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, let us know who your favourite characters are. Yeah, and if you uh, obviously are on the Game of Thrones, one of the actors or creators or something, and you want a chance to have a right of reply, you're always welcome to join us for a podcast. If you want to... Boost your Emmy chances. Yep, Peter Dinklage. Yep, could be a good, could be a good outlet. Could be a good outlet. Um, and we'll also uh, just just um, say, I think next week or our next podcast, we're thinking of doing Cowboys and Aliens. I'm super excited for Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> yeah, just Cowboys and, and aliens, aliens in the same movie. That's amazing. It's ridiculous. Surely this has to be the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm expecting. Because I love cowboy movies, I love alien movies, combining the two, best movie of all time. So those are our expectations. Anything yeah. <laughs> less than the greatest film of all time, and you'll be listening to a scathing yes. podcast, podcast review. Yeah. So, I'm very excited for Cowboys and Aliens. I have been a little disappointed with some of the posters for the movie not having enough cowboy hats in them. <laughs> uh, that, to me, is a bit of a red flag, but hopefully... There's more hats in the movie than on the posters. Yes, exactly. Anyway, see you guys. Thanks for listening. Later. Fun rolling the dice with you. Shut up. (laughs)